What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 257th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will. And I have rediscovered how comfortable yoga pants can be. I put on my yoga pants that I've had for years that I haven't worn in a long time, and boy, oh boy, what have I been missing out on? These things are great. No one, That's no one's, it. No one's disagreeing <laughs> with you there. How many pairs of yoga pants do you have? I don't. I wouldn't say I have yoga pants, but I have. I don't know what they're called. Sweatpants, jogging nah, pants. Nah, not yoga even pants close. are different. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like special are, are, tights. Are there, is there a difference between sweatpants and jogging pants, or are they the same? I have no uh, idea what a jogging pant is. Well, joggers is a style of pant, but um, that it's more like a, a cut versus a material. But yoga pants are like very stretchy, like tights, except that down towards the bottom, they're a little more open and not tight, um, but they're just super comfy for lounging around the house. Speaking of comfy, we have Travis here. Yeah, I also made a discovery this last week, which is that I, I don't like packs. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you said that we we just got back from packs. well, a week ago now, but... Kind, of, for- kind of joking, but I, I, guess, I guess what I realized was, was that big conventions aren't really my thing i had a whole bunch of fun doing our panel and talking with everybody involved with the show and meeting up with everybody we met up with but i i realized that the convention itself is is not really my cup of tea my uh, i'm so particular with the video games i even play anymore that it's all a bunch of games that i haven't heard of most of which have already come out and then i wait in line for a very very long time to play these games i hadn't heard of beforehand and so i end up skipping them so yeah it was weird to go to the the thing that some people would say is like the coolest part of the year and for me to realize oh this this isn't for me yeah i think steve and i actually ended up playing more tabletop games than video games at pax i mean this was a a a weird pax because most of the things being shown were, were things that were already out yeah which is is not normally the case. I mean, like, the- oh, is that is that not normally because that that surprised me? But I thought, oh, maybe this is just how it is. No, no, like at at, at PAX West. Uh, by the way, this is a a, a Pokemon podcast, and uh, our, our, I'll give you a quick rundown for the show. We're going to talk about PAX for a little bit because we all three of us got back. And uh, then we're going to do some Pokemon news. We're gonna we're gonna answer some emails, and then Travis has uh, our Pokemon of the week, and that's going to be our show. It might be a, uh, on a little bit of a shorter shorter side of things, but going back to Pax uh, at, at Pax West, pretty much everything on the show floor was was stuff that was not out yet. Like you could play Final Fantasy fifteen early, uh, which which that was obviously before Final Fantasy fifteen came out. They had a huge arc uh booth which is that dinosaur game and i know they were showing their new expansion early and i could be wrong i don't don't know that i don't know that game that well but from what i from what i understood that was like the first time you could play that uh i played the the new destiny expansion there before the destiny stuff came out there was more square enix stuff and and just like a bunch of stuff that okay this is definitely the first time i'm playing it and and there wasn't really any of that at at East. Like Will and I played Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> you, know, you know that giant AAA title, the remake of Toe Jam and Earl, which and, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what was it a? Was, uh, what was the uh, Sega like a Genesis? Genesis game or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, well, like we played that early. I guess that was cool. That's a heck of a game, I'll tell you that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was like two days in Travis. And Will and I are walking, and Travis just like leans over and goes, "I don't think I, I like packs very much." <laughs> Will, what, what were your thoughts? That was your first packs, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, I just had fun because I got to hang out with you guys. And- that was also incredibly fun. I should I should make sure I mention that I had a blast of a time hanging out with y'all. And, and well, yeah, what was a little different too was I feel like. Like when we go to Gen Con, we actually have a pretty large group. And even like when we did our secret winter retreat, we had a pretty large group. But for this one, it was mostly just like the four of us. 
and that was a lot the of the fourth for one me. being Irene, who Irene, ob- yeah, obviously well, not here, but uh, <laughs> I think the best part was when Irene and I had had enough of crowds, and we kind of just went back and then watched episodes of Hey Arnold with the Slack community. (laughs) And did coloring books. (laughs) And did coloring books, yeah. Big shout out to Nick. Uh, Most of our listeners in Slack know Nick as as one of the most active people in our Slack community, but uh, he's from Boston and him and his wife uh, helped us get around the town uh, a lot easier, especially with the, the subway system and the buses and stuff. And so just a shout out to to those two but sounds like sounds like travis you're not going to go back to a pax i mean i i I mean i i will go back to pax if we have another panel there and it's at a time in the year where i can make it but i mean i want to be able to be there when we have panel shows at conventions because that's really cool and a way we can interact face to face with our fans that we really can't otherwise because the show's over the internet it, it's i guess it's just a shame that that has to come at activity that i don't really like but i'll I'll take the you know i'll i'll take the bitter pill for the really really cool opportunity to be able to tell bad jokes in front of a room of 400 people yeah, definitely and i think it's perfectly okay also to like just focus on going to panels and the smaller types of things like the diversity lounge that we went to yeah. And going into those kinds of things, which aren't the huge crowds, the huge lines and everything. Because that's, that's where I had the most fun, too. Well, I mean, of course, also meeting up with our, our listeners that we did see, you know, who came up and, you know, some folks drove up from New York, like Kelly, <laughs> just to have lunch. So that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the panel went went well for what it was. If, if you guys didn't listen to it yet, or, or, or if you weren't at PAX, uh, that is that is up on our our podcast feed. Uh, Two. If you listen closely, you can hear the sweat drops just rolling down <laughs> my face. Was was that the first time you spoke live, Travis? That in in a podcast I mean, setting. The, I'm, I'm sure uh, you've done it yeah, for like for school the, and stuff. For the podcast, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the it wasn't public speaking that made me nervous so much. I've done that a lot. I coached i assistant coached a debate team for two years and did high school debate for four years before that so public speaking is not new to me at all but trying to tell jokes and trying to make people laugh in a group like that that is pretty new to me because typically it's in a just a more like persuasive setting than a supposed comedy or or entertainment setting it was just a a different tinge on something that i did have experience with yeah i just wanted to give a a shout out to everyone who did come out we we had a room of 400 people we were in the bobcat theater and we we filled that room and according to the pax enforcers uh who talked to me after the show they said they had to turn away about 50 or so people uh, just because we were we were full up and i guess those numbers get reported to somebody at pax and that's that goes under consideration for future rooms and future expos and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think the next PAX coming up is PAX Australia, which is probably something not doable. Uh, not only is it like a 26-hour flight, but plane tickets to Australia aren't, aren't necessarily the cheapest. So we might skip on that. But I believe PAX West is coming up after that, which is usually the first week or so of September. And so I'll, I'll apply for a panel there. I don't I don't know if we'll get it. I don't think anything's guaranteed when it comes to PAX, but I, I don't see any shame in, in applying, especially because according to the PAX enforcers at PAX West, that even though uh, we didn't fill the room that time, we had an extremely great turnout for a Sunday morning, which I think is one of the, the worst times to be booked <laughs> for a panel. I don't think anyone wants to wake up first thing on a Sunday and, and go to a Pokemon well, you panel. you gotta get your Poke Church going. Yeah. Right, Yeah. yeah. Especially, I would assume that Saturday is the big, the big stay up late night and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, did you know that there's like actually like a lot of parties and stuff? Yeah. That we completely didn't do. <laughs> Why would like? I mean, I was aware of them. On, I, would I told you actually you, have gone. Yeah, I told you to follow Pax lines, Pax official, and Pax parties. And I thought I did, but none of them showed up on my Twitter feed. So I oh, they were I tweeting guess, all weekend. Oops. 
Yeah, so there was like a big gay party that you were like, oh, you could have gone to this and it ended an hour ago. And I was like, oh, great. Well, let me eat my Tasty Burger. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> uh, well, if it was the Tasty Burger night, that was our... I that had two Tasty Burger up. nights. Yeah, there was a there was a night doubling up. That it was the night we saw Giant Bomb, and we got back. Travis and you were already sleeping, and yep. that was when the the wind became like a giant blade of pain, and it yes. was a bit of a tornadus situation. <laughs> it was like negative a, three. A Varian tornadus situation. As somebody coming from Wisconsin, I'm very used to the cold, but. There was just something about that Boston wind that was just brutal. So while Will and I were Ubering back to the hotel, we had Irene. The, the Uber of death. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Whoo, that guy was not not a good driver. Uh, we had Irene order us Tasty Burger. I think we ended up having Tasty Burger like three or three times in that trip. I only had it twice. Done Tasty Burger type person. I think I had it one more time. Maybe it was at the airport. Ah, but uh. <laughs> Again, thank you to everyone who who came out to PAX and saw us and said hi and and had dinner with us or had lunch with us the next day. Like it was all fantastic, and that's that's why we go to those conventions to like see you guys and to like talk to you and to hang out. And I know there was like four or five dudes that came up and they were like, "Hey, really like your show. Listen every week. Thank you." And like they kind of walked off after that and was like, "I almost wanted to like stop them and be like, but I'm here now. Talk to me. Like I'm here for you guys." <laughs> But I get like people are busy and they're trying to see a hundred things like for being there for three days. I think I was only on the show floor for like maybe two hours at most. And I barely we, we complained earlier about not uh, not a lot of new things being on the show floor. But I didn't even have the time to see everything on the show floor just because of how busy we were. Uh, but yeah, uh, PAX was a great experience. Uh, hopefully we'll do we'll do a future PAX or PAXs. But yeah. Uh, I guess with that being said, let's jump into some Pokemon news. Not a not a very heavy news week, unless I'm I'm just missing some stuff. But first bit of news here is legendary Pokemon head to Pokemon Go by the end of the year. Niantic CEO promises that we'll be able to really catch them all. Rare Pokemon like Mew and Mewtwo are set to appear in Pokemon Go by the end of 2017, according to John Hankey, CEO and developer of Niantic. Uh, in the interview, in an interview with the German edition of Wired, Hanky explains that making legendary Pokemon available to catch in the mobile take of the franchise is a priority for the team this year. "Quote: I can say with certainty certainty that we will see them before the end of this year," Hanky said when asked about legendary Pokemon. Players should not expect every rare Pokemon from first generation to appear, though. Wired specifically just called out five of them. Mew, Mewtwo, and the three legendary birds, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, are already included in Pokemon Go in an indirect fashion. They are the mascots of the game's three teams. The va- quote, the value of Pokemon is that each one is very unique and they have their own stories and characteristics, he explained. I do want to preserve and, if possible, enhance that aspect as they are all not the same. Although he was talking about Ditto, an uncommon Pokemon whose late introduction to Pokemon Go caused a stir late last this fall, the same philosophy likely applies to legendary Pokemon. These one-of-a-kind monsters are hard to find in the mainline Pokemon games. That's not true. Uh, so it's about no surprise <laughs> that Niantic intends to make their debut appearances special for the mobile take. So basically what they're saying is no Articuno, no Moltres, no uh, Zapdos. Period. At least not for 2017. No, they said the, those three plus Mewtwo and Mew will be available in 2017. Oh, oh, I took that as that they said that because those are the um, mascots of the three teams, that those three wouldn't be in. Oh, they're already included because they're the mascots yeah, of the three teams. That's, that's what, what it kind of sounded like. But this also means that Mew and Mewtwo are not showing up until December 25th, 2017. So don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, I wonder if it's actually, I, I doubt it's ever going to be what they originally pitched us, which was like 300 people. Pe- flying around Times Square, yeah. And 300 people all catching it together. Like, I can't imagine that that's, that's going to happen. We've seen nothing similar to that or even It would remote- have to be a completely new mechanic, like some sort of, 
maybe like an alert goes out on your phone like Mewtwo within one mile and then I but it would probably be something new like that. My guess for the birds is is maybe they would introduce something where you know, I don't know enough about the back end of that game. There are people who know so much more about Pokemon Go than I do, but my so maybe this isn't possible without major changes, but my possible guess is that they might make it so that Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres are extremely rare spawns near gyms that are controlled by that team. So an extremely rare spawn near a Mystic Gym might be an Articuno, for example. Or or maybe it's just like, it's extremely rare to get a one of the three birds, and then whatever the closest gym is, it converts it turns into that. Does that make sense? That would be my guess. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, what you're trying to say is logically coherent. I don't think it makes sense as an actual tactic to be used in the game. But sure. sure. I, I always assumed going in that we would we would have more promotions or more like sponsorships of like, hey, there's Farfetch at this Target on every Sunday. And this is the only place to get it. And we haven't gotten any of that. Like, the closest thing we got was the Starbucks stuff. And that was just, hey, if you go into Starbucks, you can order a Pokemon Go Frappuccino. It has nothing to really do with the game, except when you spin the Starbucks, it's there. It reminds you that you could buy this drink. Can I make a confession? Did when you I buy went it? to Starbucks, no. When I went to Starbucks and Irene asked me to get her the Pokemon Go Frappuccino, I didn't even ask them for it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's pretty simple for them to make. It's like two ingredients. It, it, that was a real busy Starbucks. I didn't want to deal with that. I was. Was hungry. that the Starbucks that was just like that had turned up the bass for some reason when we were in there, and it was just a terrible sound system where the bass was turned up very no, high. No, this was actually a, d- a different one because mm. I didn't realize there was a Starbucks around the corner from the hotel, so I actually walked a mile to go to a Starbucks. Good one. Yep. Uh, next bit of news here is Cap Pikachu, Pikachinium Z, to be available in Japan, however you say that. This month's Korokora comic revealed that Ash's Pikachu will be available via serial code that will be available to customers who pre-order tickets to the 20th Pokemon movie. This Pikachu will be wearing Ash's hat with a special iteration of the hat varying when the code is redeemed, the Pika Shimium Z will also be available but with the Pikachu. Only one code per each ticket. Each code can only be redeemed once. Players, even if a player redeems multiple codes in the same go, it can only obtain one Pikachu Z. I gave up on saying that. Note that other, uh, note that the codes may only work in Japanese region games. The hat the Pikachu wears will be determined by the following. So it looks like the hat is determined by dates. So like April 15th to May 1st will be the original hat. May 3rd to May 15th will be the Hoenn hat. So depending on on tickets and when you buy them, that's what hat you're getting. So there are six hats total. Is it Pikachunium Z? Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, I can't see the word, so I'm just guessing. Why why do I... Every episode is me spelling something. P-I-K-A-S-H-U-N-I-U-M. That sounds like Pikachunium, but also, I can I do a, a public service announcement? I have heard people, or I've seen people in writing refer to this particular Pokemon as the Ash Hat Pikachu. Um, please come up with a different <laughs> name. That's just far too dangerous on the tongue. Come up with a different name for that particular, just call it the Hat Pikachu, the, the Anniversary, no, it's not Anniversary Pikachu, the, the Movie Pikachu... Anything, but just avoid calling it the Ash Hat Pikachu, because you may end up saying something that you regret. Ash's baseball cap Pikachu. (laughs) There there you go. That's perfectly fine. Uh, More Pikachu news here is Bestow Pikachu available again as part of a Pokemon With You campaign in in remembrance of the 2011 Tohoku earthquake and tsunami players who donate to the Pokemon With You campaign from March 11th through March 31st will receive a serial code for a Pikachu that knows bestow. The following will the fo- 
This follows the distribution of a similar Pikachu last year. Uh, it looks like this is only for Japanese region games, but the Pikachu is level 10, holding a sweetheart, has a classic ribbon, knows the ability static, knows the moves bestow, hold hands, return, and play nice. The original trainer is uh, something in Japanese, but uh, there you go. And what does bestow do? It gives the item that your Pokemon is holding to the target. So it's thematically uh-huh. relevant. Hmm. So if you had like a poison orb, you hand that over. I mean, if you want to be a jerk, yikes. <laughs> That's real mean. Or a flame orb. How rude. Mm. I would just give like my leftover food. Give my leftovers. Cause, yeah. Like, Here. Like, have... give, give like a lucky coin or... Or you could give a berry to your partner in doubles. Amulet, amulet coin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. A final bit of news is Charizard code available in this month's Korokora. Due to winning the Korokora popularity contest, serial, number, serial codes to obtain Charizard in Pokemon Sun and Moon are available in this month's Korokora comic. This Charizard will know the moves Dragon Claw, Dragon Rage, Fly, and Flare Blitz. The code can be redeemed March 15th through May 14th, and this will only work with Japanese region games. Sorry, just some Japanese-only stuff, but... Hey, Charizard won a popularity contest. Who would have guessed? Yeah, and people can still trade you those Char- Charizards over the internet. Yeah, you could you a get a Japan. bestowed Pikachu. No, uh, not as exciting as a Charizard. Yeah, but that Charizard doesn't know anything that great. Hmm. What if it's Mega Charizard X and it becomes a dragon type? I mean, you don't need a popularity contest to get a Mega Charizard X. You just get one. Unless they're hiding Charizard knights behind some... Competitive wall? Yeah, competitive sign-up wall. They are. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all our news for, for this week. Hopefully I'm not missing anything. Uh, we can do some... Before we take a break, we can do some It's Super Effective news. Uh, running a promotion right now with our Patreon. What that means is, uh, we're that I'm going to be giving away uh, like sticker and button packs to uh, all new Patreons who sign up in the month of March. So if you head over to Patreon.com/slash It's Super Effective and you give us at least a dollar a month, uh, there will be a survey that goes out at the uh, end of March that gathers just your 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 name and your address and everything. And then uh, you get a free sticker pack for just joining our Patreon. Uh, this applies to people who, who did sign up in like February and, and, and a couple months over that. We did this originally back in fall, uh, back in September, and sent out, I'm going to say almost 200 packages. Uh, so we're doing it again. If you already got a package, uh, it's going to be the same stickers and stuff. So I, I would <laughs> discourage you for, for filling out the form because uh, you'll get the same stuff. But this applies to everyone who uh, who is new to Patreon. Uh, so, all, like I said, all you got to do, it doesn't matter what reward level you sign up as. A uh, dollar a month gets you into our Slack community, and then it'll give you access to that forum to fill out so you can get your free stickers and stuff. So, yeah, if you have any questions or comments or, or any concerns about that, you can, you can tweet at me, at Pokemon Podcast. But otherwise, just go to patreon.com slash it's super effective and uh if you become a patreon in the month of march you'll get some free stuff so uh there you go free stuff everyone likes that everyone also likes a good break so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna do a couple emails and then do our pokemon of the week so we will be right back Back from our break, got some emails for you guys. 
Uh, you guys can send in any emails to sbj at pkmncast.com. Uh, or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com, hit that contact button. That'll get you right. That'll, that'll, e- those emails will come to the same place. Sentences. <laughs> First email is from Dominic. It says, hey, SBJ and crew, I listen to the podcast at work almost as soon as you put them out. Thanks for doing what you do. Also, it's hilarious when you can't pronounce things. You should probably work on that. Anyways, I was writing to respond about your claim that there is not being a snow cone Pokemon at your PAX East podcast. There is a snow cone Pokemon. Its name is Vanillix. It's as great as you can imagine. Thanks for the podcast, uh, Dominic. That was the... Yeah, thanks for writing the email. That's the uh, that's the joke we were trying to make there is that Steve and I both really, really like Vanillux, so, uh, and Will, you like Vanillux too, right? I mean, I tolerate it. And it's a Pokemon that a lot of people hate, so we always bring up that as the, uh, like, the paragon of Pokemon design. So when someone asked us to design a Pokemon from scratch, we were like, you know, I think, I think an ice cream cone would be the best Pokemon. So we were being a little tongue-in-cheek, but I could see how our nervous sarcasm wouldn't really translate very well in in communication but yeah uh, vanillix is actually my second favorite pokemon that was the joke (laughs) alex writes in from thanks for writing in by the way alex writes in from salt lake city utah t dear t dog little willie and steven i think uh travis is t dog yeah, uh, I'd rather be T-Dog, so Travis, you're Little Willy. I, I mean, I'm fine with being Little Willy. <laughs> I'm writing, I can own up to it. <laughs> I'm writing because I want to know the answer to the most important question ever. Ariel or Helvetica? SBJ strokes me as a Helvetica kind of guy. He's well put together, professional, and quite overall quite attractive. I don't know about that, but okay, thanks for the kind words. Uh, Will seems more of an aerial persona, very very played back and casual. Doesn't care if he isn't as fancy looking, but also quite attractive. Travis is wingdings, because you know. Thanks for the last. you know what? Alex. I, I guess. Uh, Ariel's bad, right? We all agree that that's a terrible font. It's just trying to look like Helvetica, but it doesn't do it right. Yeah, and I would like to post a correction that I'm Times New Roman oh, all the Ugh. way. Times, Renom- Times New Roman is also bad. Well, then I'm bad because I am Times New Roman. So live with it. Deal with it. Uh, yeah. My I, favorite I, type. Oh, I like Helvetica a lot. What were you going to say, Travis? My favorite typeface is Futura. Futura is okay. They have like weird M's, weird capital M's. I like, the, I, I like the things about Futura that are weird. So, yeah. I like Gotham a lot. I like Helvetica a lot. I like uh, Helvetica New, which is very different than Helvetica. And the one that I I've been using a lot, especially like Pokemon podcast related, is Bebe. I think it's Bebe. BB. I don't know how people say it, but it's B E B E. I like that font a ton. And I'm trying to think of anything else that sticks out. In my last job, I was doing a lot of graphic design stuff i was d- doing a lot of design stuff in my last job and i inherited a logo and basically an entire aesthetic that was built around trajan and trajan is the definition of a time tested font but boy is it not fun to work with it's it's really hard to build things around like you can't like you can rarely put it in something because it's so I don't know. You would have a better uh, time describing the phenomenon I'm trying to describe, Steve. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's it, it, yeah. I, I will, I will, because you put me on the spot, I will struggle as much as you. Avenir is another font I really like. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'm not Times New Roman. Can I be Garamond? Garamond is a <laughs> I, really good font. It's yeah. okay. I mean, I've got to, I've got to be serifed. I've got to be serifed. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm not in love with that. Uh, I also like, Adele a lot as a font, uh, not the singer, the font, but there you go. There's some font chat for you. John writes in from Warwick, New York. I don't know whether, where that is. 
Warwick? It's in New York. Yeah. Well, it's, it's west of East Warwick. Hi there. Just wanted to start by saying that I listened to your show during the Sun and Moon special coverage, and I really liked what I heard. Now I'm a subscriber, and I'm slowly going through the backlog of earlier episodes. Oh. I recently listened to episode 225, Anxiety Meditation Comfy with Dan Reichert. The title caught my eyes as I was scrolling through as I suffer from anxiety. The episode was very helpful to me, and I bought Dan's book that night. I liked that the change of pace, a little bit of a serious topic introduced with the regular Pokemon stuff. I'm hoping for more I'm hoping for more of that sprinkled into the norm if the topic fits. I think anxiety is a topic that a lot of gamers can relate to. So thank you for having that special episode. I have a question for all of you. Which combination that has not been used in a Pokemon game would you eventually like to see? I'd like to see an ice slash poison Pokemon. Thanks again for doing what you do and helping. John from Warwick, New York. So can you read a list of uh, Pokemon combinations that have not been used? There's a Bulbapedia article. I know, because you've read that list before. (laughs) Yeah. As you guys are pulling that up, I'll uh, comment on the the, the Dan article. Uh, So for maybe newer listeners or, or those who haven't been listening as long, 225 or is it 226 226 sorry uh that episode with dan dan reichert is one of the editors over at giant bomb and i was able to get him on the show he uh has written a couple books uh two one of them being one of them being on uh his anxiety and how he deals with that and that was a book i picked up and i read and i'm a big fan of giant bomb uh, so having him on the show and talking to him about that book was was something that was really important to me. And I think that's kind of how I want most of the interviews to be uh, on the show. We've had people like Griffin McElroy, Xavier Woods, uh, Dan Riker, Gaijin Hunter, a whole bunch of other people on the show. And they all like, this is a Pokemon show, right? So we always start off asking them a couple Pokemon questions. Then we end the show asking them with a couple Pokemon questions. But really the the middle part of those interviews aren't supposed to be pokemon focused like it's nice that they like pokemon and they're uh, that pokemon has influenced them in in some way and that has brought them to our show to talk about that but really it's more to get to know them and to kind of t- take the step outside of pokemon and and have those kind of conversations and so that's something that's uh important to me and something that I think that works well with the podcast that we that we do every now and then I think the uh, to just extend on that, I think that the writer of the email was also suggesting that maybe we include more serious content in the non-interview portions of the show, too, just because they didn't mention any specifics of where they would like to see that. And I think what's where it gets interesting there is because the rest of the show has fallen into such a, um, I don't want to say routine, because it's not like it's the it's uh, i mean you're getting uh different you know different takes every week different takes on things but it's you know it's we go through what we've been doing this week then we go through the news then we do and lately we've been doing a lot of emails and then we always do pokemon of the week and i think it's difficult to find serious subject matter every week with those things but i think we have uh even more recently done a little bit more of that starting i think with the sun and moon series but then just going on in like the few episodes that followed it where um where this this group as opposed to the uh, sun and moon series group sort of uh, responded to the um to the email response to the sun and moon uh series so i think it comes in waves like that right like occasionally something will come up like the like the team skull topic came up in the sun and moon series and then um, for a couple of episodes, we'll talk about that more serious subject matter, and then a lot of episodes like this where we're not really talking about something too serious because there's uh, nothing topically relevant that is topically relevant to Pokemon that we would need right now to talk about. But I, I don't think any of us are averse to doing that more if that's what people want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say we'll send in more serious emails and we can address them there, but I do say... Yeah, stop asking us about what type comment... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 
I do say at the beginning of the email segment, um, you can send in emails about Pokemon or not about Pokemon, and we'll we'll address them all, and we'll talk about typefaces and and whatever whatever floats our way. We're not we're not really shy. Dear Travis, to... what was the worst day of your life? <laughs> so yeah, oh, totally. Uh, glad that that episode though like helped in in some way. Um, Travis, Do you want the list of type combinations that haven't been used? I've, I, I figured you'd have it. Let's hear it. Oh, I, well, we, I pulled it up. That's a long list, dude. Oh, oh okay. we're going to go for it. Uh, normal poison, normal rock, normal bug, normal ghost, normal steel, normal ice, fighting ground, fighting electric, fighting fairy, poison steel, poison electric, poison psychic, poison ice, poison fairy, ground fairy, rock, ghost, bug, psychic. It's hard. Hmm. Are you even able to tell when I'm saying one and then a new one? I was, and then you like fell out of rhythm for a second. Yeah, sorry. I know. <laughs> let, and when you me, say steel, me... it's kind of like you're making up a word. It doesn't even sound like a real word steel? when you also, say it. Also, steel. are they doing the thing where steel? they're... Wait, what? Are, are... Nothing. <laughs> is, is the list doing the thing where they're considering normal poison to not be a type and then poison normal to not be a type because that's nah, kind of- nah, they're they're not counting permutations oh okay good combinations Got it. all right I'll, I'll start over and normal oh, poison normal rock normal bug normal ghost normal steel normal ice fighting ground fighting electric that would be mine right there fighting electric i can't believe there's not a fighting electric fighting fairy poison steel poison electric Poison Psychic, Poison Ice, Poison Fairy, Ground Fairy, Rock Ghost, Bug Psychic, Bug Ice, Bug Dragon, Bug Dark, Fire Grass, Fire Ice, Fire Fairy, Electric Dark, Dark Fairy, uh, and then, yep, that's the last one. That wasn't that many. Uh, well, I guess because the list I'm looking at had the opposite directions as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so when it comes choice... down to it, it sounds like poison is the one that's <laughs> that's not mixed with a lot of other types. And normal. Uh, normal still has a lot of its combinations not added in. And a lot of normal combinations are uh, unique type combinations. Like, normal ground is only uh, uh, Diggersby, right? And normal psychic is only Girafferig and... Normal dragon is only Drampa. Like, there's... Yeah. But my choice would be uh, normal ghost, because I just think that that would be too cool. Can't be hit by normal type moves. Can't be hit by fighting type moves. Can't be hit by ghost type moves. I want to see a bug dragon. That'd be cool. Uh, Joey writes in from Pennsylvania. PA? What's PA? (laughs) Yes, that's Pennsylvania. I thought you were trying to say a town name. Like, what is that Welsh town in Pennsylvania that's Bella, Bella... Sinwid or something like that. <laughs> I've never no heard of it. Yeah, no clue. Uh, this is for Will. Uh, Will, That's don't me. don't get me wrong. You are awesome. But in in the PAX podcast, you said you hated and would not play Stardew Valley because you don't play farming simulators. But then you said you loved farming berries in Pokemon games. Let's dig deep. Let's dig deep here. What's your beef with Stardew Valley? I've never played it, but I've watched people on Twitch, and I'm just curious. Love the podcast and all three of you guys and Micah and Irene as well. Considering the Sun and Moon week-long podcast was what introduced me to the show. Thanks, Joey. Will doesn't well, like glorifying uh, work under a feudal system. Well, I don't know any... I mean, I honestly don't know very much about Stardew Valley at all because once I found out that it was a farming simulator, I didn't look at it. But somebody got me as a birthday present one year that... Like the most famous of the farming simulators. What what is that one? Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. Harvest 3D. Moon. There's a lot and, of bad Harvest Moon games. There are a lot that, of bad Harvest Moon games. Yeah, and I think of, Harvest Moon 3D is one of the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the bad ones. And when I found out that I couldn't marry a guy and that we could be farmers together, I was like, "Why am I wasting my time? This this game is boring and awful." You so. can uh, marry a character of the same gender. I-, I played as a girl, and I married a girl. So, well, some I thought that was one of the ones where you couldn't. Either way, it's just. Oh really no, I'm boring. talking about. I'm talking about in uh, in Stardew, Stardew Valley. Yeah. I, should, I should be yeah, clear. Yeah, but unfortunately, Harvest Moon may destroyed all future hope of farming simulators for me. And honestly, Harvest berry Moon is bad farming about that in for Pokemon. A long time. 
Yeah, uh, berry farming in Pokemon is not a farming simulation. It's a chance to get little ladybugs to show up in your bushes, and then you catch them as they are Pokemon. Um, it's 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 yeah, it's not core to the game. Like you have to make these crops in order to make money and survive. Now, no, I I have a hard enough time surviving in the real world. I don't need it to be a struggle in my video games as well. I but in Stardew Valley, you don't have to really grow anything. Like you can. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about that game is the surprising depth of the other avenue. Like the well, certainly I guess the variety of ways in which you can run your farm right like you can just have it be the honey bee uh generator or like like a honey generator or a like a brewery or um or whatever but then even the other avenues you can take like uh especially mining there's a lot going on there it takes a long time to mine all the way down to the bottom of the mine and even then there's more to do so yeah i guess that so it's the depth of the other activities that really surprised me how's about this other call out to the uh pax east panel number one does stardew valley involve or require collecting things yes there are eight rare crows you gotta collect them all okay eight (laughs) is not you said required though like you don't have to do any like you don't have to like it doesn't stop your progress with the game there's also an achievement if you uh, sell one of every single item in the game, so you can count that as collecting too. All right, I'll give that to you. Number two, does it have cute things in it? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like uh, cute animals and stuff. Number but... three, does it involve rolling? Yeah, this you is can a roll. Tough one. You can roll with your cows all day long. Would you stop no, with your roll like, with your crew? Roll with your cows. I, That's a I bad think, joke. I'm trying to think. I, there's got to be something. What when you go, to, think when you go like, to the desert? There's a bunch of gambling games you can play. Yeah, that's you not can roll rolling. The, roll the slots. Um, that's not that rolling. is rolling. What else would no, you call that, it? I when you tuck into a ball and roll and roll around like a ball. That's the only uh, rolling I'm interested in. I'm trying to think if you roll any like snowballs in any of the winter holidays. Oh, like in Animal Crossing, a truly great game where you can roll yeah. up your little snowman. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's that in Stardew Valley. I can't remember. Uh, the rolling stipulation is tough to get around with you. And, why do you play? Uh, why do you play a, Monster Hunter? Because you roll whenever you're on fire to put yourself out, and you roll mm. to dodge from the monsters. Why do you? Uh, is there like dodge rolling in Destiny or something? Uh, there is not, but I really don't play that much mm. Destiny. Mm. Except that you did a lot. I don't know your but pigs only roll because on the my ground. friends were playing. Uh, say it again. Your pigs roll on the ground. Eggs roll away from you. I actually don't That's think true. eggs roll away, but in real life, eggs but I think, roll. But I think you. But I think don't the pigs sometimes? No, they don't really roll. Even hmm. yeah, what, I don't think the, I don't think we have rolling. What about the you jelly can get things pigs in Stardew Valley? They roll right. You can like get a, a cage of jelly things. I don't know what they're called. Slime. The their type of locomotion could only arguably be described as rolling. I think they more. They kind of slurp around, don't what they? What about the mine carts? They roll down the mine shaft. Yeah, yeah. No. Sorry. Pass. Hard pass. I mean, at some point, mm. you can have kids in that game if you marry, if you don't marry same sex, and there's some rolling that happens. In, I uh, don't the want kid, kids the... in the real world. Why would I want kids in a video game? <laughs> I'm just game. saying the that kid. there's rolling involved. You, kids, you might want not want to partake, but there's, oh, there's indeed rolling. Yeah, one of the, one of the animations of the, of the kids does roll. Boom. No. It's there. We got you in it. It's there. It's no, in it. Not, not for me. Not going to happen. You Sorry. should try Stardew Valley. It's good. Let's do like one more email here. Aaron writes in, hey guys, hope you're doing well of the show. Let's get down to life's real tough questions. Which is better, pizza or burgers? Also, Will is the best because he lifts. Also, because he housed me for a week when I was in D.C. All the best, Aaron from Oklahoma. It was only like three days. It wasn't a whole week. <laughs> I feel we bad. Yeah, don't think you would be welcome days. if you were there for all. <laughs> no, Aaron's cool. I like Aaron. Uh, hmm. Well, when Aaron was here, we went to burgers. I would probably say burgers because you get more protein. So there you go. Hmm. I feel like it's it's easier to mess up a burger than it is a pizza. 
Yeah, but then you just send it back. It's really hard because p- pizza usually gets delivery. Or just delivery, don't go where they make bad should... burgers. Yeah, also that. No, no, because like, okay, it. okay, so like you you can go to like Tasty Burger, right? And you can get a pretty decent burger. I I think we all agree those burgers were good. Oh, yes. my guts didn't agree late <laughs> on Saturday night, but sure, the flavor was there. Right, but then you can go to like Applebee's and pay double the amount for a burger and that burger is mediocre i really need to go to the tasty burger in dc don't i so you see what i'm saying where yeah where i could get either pizza hut or papa john's or domino's and the, all those pizzas are different but at the end of the day it's like ah that was pizza and pizza's good but so like, well no all i'm gonna say is like you usually don't get delivery burgers so if you get a bad burger it's easy to send it back and say no this burger is bad but you usually get delivery pizza wherein then if it's bad you can't really send it back yeah but if you really want a burger and you're stuck at like applebee's you're not there's nothing you can do at that in that situation to get a good burger no matter how many times you send it back yeah (laughs) it's never gonna get any better i i'm gonna say pizza because i'm a socialist and i like the inherent sharing that's almost required by a pizza because very infrequently are you going to eat a whole one by oneself speak for yourself sir there's also i mean i've done it don't get me wrong but (laughs) generally a pizza is a thing to be shared and i find that to be an admirable uh quality there's also the the multiple layers of a burger and how like sometimes the meat can be too thick or the buns can be too thin there's like this balance the the meat to bun ratio has to be has to be really right for a burger to hit its spot i mean i would probably say that burgers are better than pizzas i'm just saying that burgers have more opportunity of failure than a pizza does can we talk about colonialism for a second why? Because how <laughs> fascinating is it that uh, we, you know, when you think of Italy, and if, if you were trying to think of like three ingredients, right, of Italian cuisine that are just like essential to Italian cuisine, you're going to think of like pasta, you're going to think of uh, cheese maybe, and then, um, I mean, maybe someone who really knows Italian cuisine would say something different, but then at least a lay person would say that the third one is tomato, right? Because like tomato sauce is in a lot of... Um, at least Americanized Italian food, and I would guess a lot of Italian food generally. The tomato is indigenous to North America. Um, and I think it's interesting that... And the pasta is indigenous to China. Right. So so it, it's interesting that the um, the cultural identities of even the, the colonizers are, are pretty wildly changed by that activity. What does this have to do with a good burger, though? Not that, not that Italy was in part... Wh- whatever. Uh, I just think it's interesting that you don't get uh, Italian cuisine and you don't get pizza until you get the colonization. I'm not saying either way what I think about colonization, but I'm sure you can read between the lines. I like a good burger. I do like burgers, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to say pizza is my answer. All right. Well, I think that should wrap, us up, wrap it up for emails. We still have a bunch in the, in the, in the hopper. The, the hopper of emails. Uh, we'll get to those next week. And uh, if you have your own emails that you want to write in, you can do so at sbj at pkmncast.com or pokemonpodcast.com. Hit that contact button and that'll let you send an email to the same place. Otherwise, we're going to switch gears here and throw it over to Travis and they are going to do the Pokemon of the week. That's right. Our Pokemon of the week this week is... Porygon 2, which gets a lot more use than its evolution Porygon Z, because Porygon 2 is pretty much the best Pokemon in the game to use the item Eviolite. Eviolite is an item that gives a boost to the defense and special defense of a Pokemon that has the capability to evolve. Other Pokemon that tend to use it are Pokemon like Chansey. Our moveset uh, this week, and so all of this, as we've been doing for quite a while, um, is going to be in VGC doubles. Our moveset for this week, I'm going to give you two. Uh, Our first one comes from Brandon Wisner, uh, and Brandon is actually giving us the moveset from Gavin Michaels, uh, who won two regionals with 
this Porygon 2. That's Porygon 2 with Eviolite, the ability download. The EVs are 252 in HP, 252 in defense, 4 in special attack with a bold nature. The moves are uh, Ice Beam, Thunderbolt, Recover, and Trick Room. It also makes note uh, to have uh, zero IVs in attack and speed. That's something you see a lot. Um, the zero IVs in attack is because um, you want to have the least amount of damage dealt from... Oh boy, what's the name of that move? How am I forgetting it already? The one that deals damage based on the target's attack. Grass it's a dark type move. Nope, that's the Taunt. one based on weight. Nope. It's, uh... <laughs> Pursuit. Uh, no, that's the one that... Snarl. Oh, man. No. Make good guesses. Um, I'm giving you at least that... dark type moves. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Grass Knot isn't a dark type move. Well, that was um, before you said dark. <laughs> uh, foul play. Foul play. That's what it is. Thank you, Will. Uh, the zero attacky IVs rather is to prevent damage from foul play, and the zero speed IVs are so that uh, be- because Porygon Two isn't going to outspeed anything in general. Having the zero speed IVs and then the the bold nature is going to ensure that you can act as like a counter to trick room if it does uh, get engaged. Because if you think about it, like you're not going to outspeed anything anyway, so you might as well have Porygon 2 be as slow as possible. Um, And like I said, the moves are Ice Beam, Thunderbolt, Recover, and... Oh, it's Trick Room, so it's also because you're running Trick Room. So never mind what I just said before, but it's zero speed IVs because you're running Trick Room. Um, Ice Beam, Thunderbolt, Recover, and Trick Room... You set up Trick Room so your slow Pokemon can actually move first. Uh, recover because this is a bulky Pokemon anyway, and it's extremely hard to take out. And um, because you don't have leftovers, because you're running Eviolite, you'll need some way to recover HP. And then Ice Beam and Thunderbolt are just incredibly good coverage. Now, the ability is the main uh, point of contention in our Slack channel, which is which is interesting because pretty much everyone does run Download, Although I I do buy the arguments of uh, Slack user LH Almeida, uh, who argues that um, that Trace might be a little bit undervalued. Um, I I would probably say that uh, the common consensus that download is better is correct, but I also can buy that Trace might have some niche use as well. So I'll go into what those two abilities do and why download is probably a little bit better, but not, but why you might run trace conceivably. Um, download is an ability where Oregon 2s or, or any Pokemon uh, with download, uh, their, one of their attack stats uh, is going to increase by a stage when they're set out. Uh, so either attack or special attack. Um, and that is determined by um, whatever your opponent's lowest defense stat is. So if your opponent has a lower defense, Porygon 2's attack will increase. And similarly, if it has a lower special defense, its special attack will increase. And now you're not going to get anything out of uh, an attack stat increase because you're not running any physical attacks. Having that special attack bonus is huge. Being able to come in with already uh, boosted up a stage, you're going to deal a lot of damage and you didn't have to invest any EVs into special attack. So you have a whole bunch of bulk, you're dealing decent damage. And I mean, that's the perfect combination, right? And because you're trick room, you're also going first. So uh, that's pretty devastating. It's worth noting that in a double battle, uh, download adds the two opposing Pokemon stats uh, to calculate which uh, of the defense stats is lower for determining uh, which stat of Porygon 2s to increase. Uh, Trace, on the other hand, is an ability that copies the opponent's ability as it goes in. So it's a similar ability that takes effect um, as you're sending in Porygon 2. And... People don't typically use it over download because, one, it's uh, very unpredictable. You don't necessarily know what you're going to copy. Two, you could conceivably copy something bad. That's not really going to happen a lot because there aren't many abilities that are good enough for people to run them, but would be so bad for your Porygon 2 to 
get that it would actually be a detriment to you. Um, but mainly it's just that the number of abilities that are just okay to mediocre to get are numerous and uh although the number of abilities that are very very great are used fairly often in vgc so that's what you're really aiming for if you're running trace you want to counter something like uh excuse me you're looking to counter something like uh a an intimidate or um maybe even competitive to to counter intimidate or something like that um which can be quite powerful um because uh, like we mentioned before uh on earlier episodes pokemon of the week segments that intimidate and competitive are both uh, incredibly good abilities uh in VGC so yeah most people aren't going to be running trace uh in fact according to picolytics over 90% of people use download just because the the negative result of download is kind of just neutral uh and the positive outcome is very good um there's some argument to be made to run trace um do we think we've uh covered things well enough folks sounds I think so good to me so a shiny porygon is uh blue instead of the pinkish red that it normally is porygon 2 is the only official pokemon with a numeral in its name in generation 2 games it is impossible to return a nickname porygon 2 to its species name because the character 2 is not available as a character for nicknames Hmm. it is the only pokemon that evolves that both evolves by trading and needs to be traded uh to evolve again Porygon 2 is the only Pokemon introduced after the generation of its pre-evolution that is able to evolve again. Uh, Like Porygon, it is based on a bird, possibly an origami crane, made with more advanced 3D computer graphics. In the first Porygon, its head looks like a duck. It also resembles a a drinking bird, especially in the 3D games, where it makes the same movement as one. The change in its form from Porygon to Porygon 2 represents the concept of subdivision in 3D computer graphics. So there you go. I, Porygon... I don't even understand what that means, but sure. <laughs> Porygon 2 is really cool. That The whole Porygon line is really great. There's your Pokemon of the week. A little bit of house cleaning real quick. If you haven't done so already and you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes. It helps other people find the show easier if uh, if you take a couple seconds and leave us a review. We don't have packs coming up, but I will be at both the Midwest Gaming Classic and C2E2 uh, uh, in the next couple of weeks. I will get you more details as we get closer to those events. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash it's super effective and you can support us there uh like i said earlier in the show all new patreon supporters will get a free button and sticker pack mailed their way uh come the end of the month otherwise i think that wraps up our show if you want to follow travis on twitter at the travis w can i plug something else too yeah plug away yeah so three weeks ago now uh with Logan and Greg, who y'all would know from either this podcast or Mythical, the sideshow to this show, um, and also uh, one of our other friends, Lee, uh, we all started a new RPG podcast called Very Random Encounters. And in some ways, it's the uh, complete inverse of what a typical role-playing experience is, because a role-playing game is supposed to be this power fantasy where you get to be whoever you want to be. Well, we turn that on its head, because every single element of the game is randomly determined. So our names, our classes, our races, our uh, ability scores, everything, and also all of the dungeons, all of the monsters, everything is randomly determined. So the characters have very little control over what happens in their lives, and it just becomes a bit of a comedy of errors. It's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, my character's name is Zegniln, which is not a real thing. Very random encounters. It's in iTunes, Google Play, all that. Awesome. Check that out. Uh, Will is at Wash in the Sink on Twitter. I am at Dragging a Lake. And if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, everyone who came out to our pack show. 
Uh, and thank you, everyone, who supports the show. It means a lot. Uh, otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super polygons. Keep that dog clean in 2017. Just wanted to give a big shout out to Wally. You can check him out uh, over at drunkontacos.com. And if you want to be part of the shout outs at the end of the episode, you can jump over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and sign up for the producer tier. But again, a shout out to Wally. You can check out his stuff over at drunkontacos.com. Thank you everyone for your patronage and supporting it's super effective.